Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unscripted Equity Curiosity. My name is Ami Joseph. I am the sector head for technology here at Hedgeye Risk Management. With me today is Felix Wong, from, who is the sector head of China Research at Hedgeye Risk Management. And we are here on Unscripted with this season two, episode two. Um, and today uh, we have the pleasure of having Felix. We haven't had Felix on for a little while, and I've got a lot of questions about Felix's space, which um, has continued to be a dumpster fire mostly. Um, but I wanted to to see because people oversell things all the time, and when you get when you get these deep oversold moments, um, you got to know what you want. And sometimes everything is a good trade off the bottom. That I'm calling the bottom today in China, but like, which we've tried to do several times, I think over the last year, but like, you know, not that I'm trying to call the bottom here, but um, theory, if this were, um, everything would look good off the bottom, but some of them outperform for several years. And some of them will just be good for like the next like five months or four months where they'll just like boomerang up 25, 30%. I don't want those because you know what? It's a waste of time. Um, so Felix, I want to know, top of mind, tickers, okay? Um, who <laughs> in your space, and it can be a, cover, a company you already cover, don't cover, I don't care. It can be deep dive, not deep dive. I don't really care. Who are the ones who you think are the ones who will just going to grow and grow and grow for many years? And who are the ones who are going to be more like, yeah, it's going to pop off the bottom, but like they still have a hard road ahead. So who, who's, uh, who's on your mind with those things? Give me, give me, give me some meat here. What's, what's going on? Yeah. It's good to be back on me. I've been, uh, I've been having the sick bug the last two months. So um, it's, it's good to hear your voice. It's good to be back on the, uh, on this podcast. Look, I, I think China China is um, is still a very interesting space. Obviously, it was a very rough year last year, mainly due to regulations um, basically impacting the economy, and then the economy just just started to slow pretty fast with all the property issues, the the energy crisis, the COVID popping up again. I mean, I could name on and on all the different reasons why China was down last year. Um, but, you know, I, I think there, there, there are people who still believe in FOMO, uh, you know, fear of missing out. And, you know, your, your, your question right now is extremely, um, relevant one, uh, just because many people are thinking, you know, is, is the bottom end on China? Should I put some money to work? Can hold it for another year? Maybe this, this year is the year for a turnaround. Uh, with what's going on in China, uh, you know, I, I will say a few things. One, the the, the regulatory pressures that we saw last year, uh, they're still coming, and the the government, the regulatory authorities are still firing firing bullets uh, on the on the big tech space. Um, my thinking is, you know, last year was more about. Hey, you know we're we're watching you guys, and we're going to oversee many of your operations, whether you guys like it or not. And you know whatever you guys do has to conform to a set of ideals, has to conform to a set of regulation guidelines um, that is set forth. 
that we set forth. This year, it's more about, all right, okay, now you guys know, you know, we have all these regulation guidelines, whether it's data privacy and um, on advertising or algorithms and so forth. Now we're going to lay out the, the details. Um, and it's going to take some time because we're still working through all the, all the drafts. We're still collecting comments and suggestions from the public. We're still talking to industry leaders. So, you know, it, this is a work in progress, but we understand, yes, the, you know, the Chinese economy is slowing down pretty fast now. And, um, but we are not stepping off the gas pedal on the regulatory side. And that concerns me, right? Because at some point people will be like, is this gonna last forever? Are we just gonna see new regulations every month from now on? I hope not, um, because China, I think, will be kicking themselves in the foot harder and harder if they do this. So what I think this year is going to be is more of a, um, you know, a clarification process, a clarification phase. Now, I, there are some companies out there where people are thinking, all right, may, maybe the regulatory headwinds already, um, already over with. I mean, the the biggest headwinds out there they already took talked about. So at some point, the businesses have to rectify, they have to adapt, they have to change and, and conform to the new regulations. And more, more likely, they're going to have to think about new growth opportunities, right? So my conversations with investors are thinking, all right, Alibaba and, and Tencent, because they're the two big giants out there and they're most exposed to the regulatory pressures last year. So maybe this is their year where, all right, it's kind of like a, clean slate and they now have to you know think of new ways to abide by the new regulations and the pressures are off i'm not there yet so you know to to answer your question you know where can the growth be going forward for the next few years sure alibaba can maybe get out of their mess on the regulatory side but you know this is a company with a ton of competitive pressures I've been positive before on what they could do with interconnectivity, but that's something that is still in the works, so to speak. And a lot of their main apps are not connected to WeChat. So there's still a lot that Baba can do. Um, in the meantime, they're getting hit from all over the place on the book, you know, I guess, like I said, bullets. From, from the regulatory side, going after ant group, going after live streaming, going after algorithms, going after advertising, going after the biggest leaders in, 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 in big tech. So we're not out of the woods yet. So to, to answer your question, but I think we're almost there. Um, and I say that because, you know, there's a few things you have to keep in mind. One is a big re-election re date. The other is, at some point, um, a lot of the weaker players leave the industry because of these regulations, right? So that industry shrinks. When the industry shrinks, the ones that are left become more powerful. So, so, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, so you want to own the companies that are more powerful after the, in the industry shrinks. Um, so... We're in a kind of a still uncertain period. I, you know, it's good to see that China is, at least for 24 days this year, it's outperforming a little bit versus the U.S. market. 
Um, I still think cinema is is very, very, you know, um, uh, Q-bearish among the investor base. Although there are people who are interested in, in, in looking at China as more of a value play since it's got absolutely destroyed last year. Some of the names that I think could grow longer term, you know, I, I, I mentioned this before, but at least right now in this phase of uncertainty, I like the private guys. And yes, we can't take advantage of them because they're not publicly traded. But I like the private guys because they're giving the public guys a lot of stress and, 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 and the top management sweating every day worrying about these private guys. Some of them, you know, the private guys we already mentioned before, ByteDance on the top of my list. There's a Chinese gaming company called MiHoYo. You know, so, um, you know, that, that's also a private company making disruptions all over the world on the gaming side. Um, those two come up to mind uh, right now, but I'm just thinking, you know, when would, when could we see them IPOing? Um, because I feel like they could be huge dis disruptors um, down the road. But I, you know, there are also good companies out there that can grow in the face of difficulties. Um, you know, I, I've, I've pitched NetEase, I've pitched Pindodoro. I think both companies uh, have interesting, interesting agendas going forward. NetEase obviously is more focused on overseas gaming these days. And, and, and hopefully, you know, the game freeze in China could be relaxed. PDD is more about, all right, we're going to become more profitable now just because we've not reached enough scale where that we don't have to give out a ton of incentives to get customers onto our platform. Yes, we're going to lose a little bit of growth to the competition out there, but I think you know if they can turn themselves into a value name and a value investment, that could be quite appealing to the investor base right now, which is stay away from the growth names and, and transition to more of the value names. So, you know, though, uh, that's kind of a long-winded response to your question, Ami. I think, uh, you know, I'm doing more work on other names uh, in my space. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still not out of the woods yet. I mean, China's slowing down for a reason. It's good to see that the, the, the government is, is cognizant of that and trying to give out you know, signals that they're going to ease, right? Uh, whether it's through tax cuts or cuts in the lending rate, cuts in the mortgage rate, you know, um, they're going to need more of that. And depending on how steep of a slowdown we see this year in Chinese GDP growth, uh, the government has to step up and offer help. So, so it'll be interesting. Uh, we're only one month into 2022 and a lot has already happened. So I'll just leave it at that. So, okay, um, I, there's always more downside risk, right? Like you, you always, there's never, you never, you're never clear, right? Like no one's asking you to say like today is the absolute bottom, right? Mm. Um, but it's always about risk, you know, like upside downside risks, right? Like what are the, like, what's the potential upside? What's the potential downside risk? And, and kind of like managing 
risk managing, as Keith would say, you know, like the, those two ranges and understanding the potential, you know, kind of like that you could be, you could make money on this and potentially you could lose money on this. So I guess my question, you mentioned that there are some growth areas that maybe like Tencent and Alibaba will start investing in if they get a sense that regular, the regulatory pressure is, it stays high, but it's not getting worse, let's say. Um, yeah. What do you think are those areas? Like what, what are the like exciting things in China that, that Alibaba's like, holy cow, like, I mean, is it cloud? Is it, is it uh, EV? Is it banking? Is it crypto? Like, like, or is it something we, we haven't talked about here? Like, what are the things, was it metaverse? Like, what are the things that you think they're going to really, and, and Tencent too, like, what are they going to invest in that you'd say like, oh, wow, look, I, I just saw this investment. That means that the management is signaling that they're kind of like coming out of like this, like hunker down period. Well, for Alibaba, it's tough because they're they have they they have so many ecosystems under attack. Um, but they're also trying to venture out into new growth opportunities. One growth opportunity is overseas, specifically overseas e-commerce. Um, Lazada, for example, their their main brand overseas, also with AliExpress, uh, has seen good growth this year. Uh, much higher growth than what they experienced back home in China, right? And, um, you know, that could raise complications for a name like C Limited, which I'm short um, because they're direct competitors with C's e-commerce on Shopee. But I, you know, I, I generally believe Baba, they, they're also trying to... Um, Investing as many eggs as possible. They they have some ventures in EV. Uh, they have some ventures in um, you know other high growth areas. Um, you know, cloud is something they're the leader in, um, and absolutely, there's a bigger penetration opportunity there among their corporate um, customers. But again, the government's getting involved here, and they want you know they they. They're going to oversee uh, some parts of the cloud industry, and Alibaba is the biggest target because Alibaba has the biggest market share in China on the cloud side, and Alibaba is also trying to grow their cloud share worldwide. Um, but you know, I mentioned why would they? Why would they regulate the cloud? It's their dream. Data, data. It's just I'm data. I'm, yeah, but I'm saying like, let it. On them, I let or encourage the cloud momentum in China because the cloud momentum means it, it just makes the Chinese government uh, job so much easier for surveillance because with the cloud, you're basically going to get rid of all the little data centers all over China that are doing, you know, kind of like local server, you know, CPU action, and they're going to put it all into a centralized database data center um, where where Alibaba can, where the government can basically see everything, but just by looking at one data center, like it just makes their life a lot easier to encourage the growth of the cloud rather than um, to throw any restrictions for now. Uh, and then just make a obligation that every server has to have, you know, kind of like a middleware piece that, uh, 
reads information back out to the government. Like that, that would make their that make their life easier to have that. I would I would think. I completely agree with you. I mean, it's better to collaborate than to you know um, say something or do something to 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 Ali Cloud that may hurt the overall growth in the industry. Um, I, I just think that they want to be absolutely sure what Ali Cloud is doing. It's not just Ali Cloud, but Ali Cloud is one of the um, entities that's under scrutiny. Make sure they're making sure that everything is 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 um, is legal, um, and that there are no you know potential data leaks among what Ali Cloud is is doing. Um, I I also think the government also spouses the development of the cloud industry. I think it's one of the along with AI development, you know, along with other hard technology industries, it's just something that the government wants China to do better at, and they support the development of these industries. Um, so that to me is a positive, right? And they, yes, they want to be, so it's, 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 it's kind of, they're walking on a tightrope. It's, it's hard, right? They want to regulate it and they want to monitor it. On the other hand, they don't want to put in a ton of restrictions to slow down the growth there and slow down the opportunity and the innovation aspects um, that you see in these industries. So it's tough. I, I, I hate to be you know, a Chinese regulator right now. It's, it's not easy. And you're probably getting yelled at by a lot, a lot of people these days in China. Um, but yeah, look, it's 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 an opportunity. I think I think if you think about where the the China, a lot of the industries where the government supports policies, um, it's in places like semiconductors. It's in places like EVs, batteries, for example. Uh, it's in places like green energy. Um, Let me ask you a question. If I wanted to play like kind of like the investment cycle of artificial intelligence in China, who would I, who would I get long? Like, what's the long there for that? Artificial intelligence. I, I you know, it used to be the leader of AI um, for SenseTime. Um, the which what's it called? It's called SenseTime, but it, uh, it's SenseTime. But uh, I think the ticker is twenty HK, but. The problem with 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 that company is it's on the blacklist. Uh, Why? Uh, it's on the it's on the U.S. blacklist. Uh, Why? Uh, well, because I, I you know I, I don't know the details, but I'm guessing they have some sensitive technology that um, you know they don't want U.S. investors being part of. I, I, I have no, I think it's absolutely bogus, but I, I think it's more political than anything else. In other words, if China IPOs with a very data sensitive IPO, a, a firm that has a lot of data and it's very data sensitive, the US government is going to get in and say, oh, no, 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 no. We, we can't have that in, in the US. You guys can't IPO here in the US. Also, we don't want US investors part of this because uh, it's just too sensitive in terms of the data that they could have. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit more politics than anything else. I don't necessarily think there's anything at sense time that could be damaging to the U.S. economy. But 
again, I don't cover the company. All I know is it's, it's the biggest AI opportunity uh, that's publicly listed right now um, in China. Uh, other than that, you know, again, like ByteDance is the leader in AI. I also think Baidu has some things that's interesting uh, on the AI front that they're cooking. But this, this is a concept that will take many, many years to realize. And more importantly, you know, how are you going to monetize all of this? It's going to take some time, right? But in the meantime, you're just going to try to get investors excited about the concept of, of using AI um, and how it can grow and impact other ecosystems. So that's just a few examples. Um, actually, let me ask you a question, uh, Ami. Like, if, uh, are there any US AI plays that you're really excited about? Um, you know, for the next few years or so. Oh, there's a ticker called AI, but it's a total fraud. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was basically uh, it was like the brainchild of a of a, um, a legend in the software world who uh, created a company uh, chased after IoT, chased after the energy market, and then when AI got hot, changed the company name to AI. And um, it's a lot of nothing, essentially. It's like a system to manage other systems. And his whole plan to make money was like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. It was like that, basically. Like, you know, I, I, was, a, I, was, an, I was a legend. That was, just, that was the IPO pitch. I was a legend. Oh, and, my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like fancy stuff like that. So that was a disaster. Um, so the real work in machine learning, um, probably the, there's a lot of open source stuff happening around algorithms and models. I think the harder work is still around data and getting data in a place where it's cleaned up and it's accessible and it's in size and it's continuously updated and it's um, it's easy to access and um, and the com compute model around it is not too expensive and so on and so forth and all of that is, is is integrated and I think that's still like a work in progress. Um, Databricks is a private company, computes with Snowflake and and Google BigQuery and and Amazon um, Redshift. They have the most complete platform in terms of just like checking boxes in terms of like you know. Um, putting the puzzle tools together, the puzzle pieces together to enable that. And I think when they IPO, that'll be kind of like, that'll be the thing they IPO on is the strength of machine learning and the hype cycle of AI. I, I, I imagine they're probably pushing out their IPO plans another year just because of what's happening in software right now. But I think Snowflake is probably still ahead of everything on data. Um, and on the data kind of layer, on the data cloud layer. And I think that's still, that's still the measure of it. If you look at like what people actually consider to be AI, most of those algorithms are available like to download, like the open source or they're ancient and you can ha have them and things like that, like looking for inference and, and predictive analytics and things like that. So I think it's still really, really early. Like I think we're still just putting in the building blocks of the foundational elements um, it'll be interesting to see if quantum actually becomes a product cycle a little bit faster than AI and maybe, and maybe even buries AI for a little while. Um, that's kind of, a, that would be an interesting, 
uh, side thing because quantum computing is very different from regular computing and things that you know are encrypted it could take like you know 39 years to crack quantum can crack in seconds and so it's a very different um computational model it doesn't replace it's 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 additive it's complementary but it's the quantum the race for quantum computing i think is a is a, might be bigger now than the race for ai in my view um as of today it's kind of like you know hot take there you go <laughs> but um but that's uh i think that's a good place to um to wrap it um and i i think this has been good felix it's always great to have you on i i think that you gave us some good hints in terms of looking at Alibaba and Tencent for their growth activity. I think you gave us some good hints in terms of, um, you know, ByteDance and did you say Mihongo was the name of the company, the the the, the gaming company? Yeah, I mean um, Mihoyo. It's a it's a Chinese. Mihoyo, sorry. It's a Chinese yeah, game maybe, I actually forgot to mention one public. more. I forgot to yeah. mention one more army is uh, DJI, and you may have heard of this company. Again, it's a private company, but you may have heard it because of drones. And my wife is right now very fascinated with drone technology. And uh, DJI, if you have a drone, it's most likely made from DJI. Uh, it's a Samsung company. Again, if you're talking about AI and you know uh, any kind of high-tech electronics companies that is potentially could revolutionize the world, keep an eye on, on this name as well. That's Hopefully. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really interesting. So DJI also on the private side. That's really interesting. And then on the public side, you gave us NetEase and Pinduoduo. If I could ask you one last question, you mentioned C on the negative side. One last question around the negative side is like, even if let's say everything goes up from here, like 25% or whatever, what are the companies in your space that you think are really going to struggle over the next decade? Like they're just, they're, things are just going to get harder and harder for them. Uh, well, education right now is a huge struggle since they have to uh, basically make a huge pivot from canine um, tutoring to more vocational education, literacy, and adult education, which is a much less sexier uh, industries um, for education. So I think education has their work cut out. Um, I also think live streaming names are are in deep trouble just because that's an industry where you know it's it's hard to grow uh, you're basically relying on people donating money to shows live shows and the government is getting involved so um i have a pair trade on in that industry you know in that industry which i think is working really well but it's hard to just have long exposure to to a secular declining industry um, but those are the two that I think, you know, could have difficulties down the road. I, yeah, I'll just leave it like that since we're running short on time. Awesome, Felix. Um, well, thank you very much. Um, that's, that, that really gives us a rounds out a good picture for like where to go look for longs, where to go look for shorts. Um, and, uh, we'll stop there. This has been Season two, episode two of Unscripted Equity Curiosity with uh, me, Ami Joseph from Hedgeye Tech, interviewing Felix Wong from Hedgeye China. And uh, we're really pleased that you were able to join us today. Thank you so much. 
This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Hedgeye is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the Terms of Service at Hedgeye.com slash Terms of Service.